With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Jordy Colada Show. As always, built by our friends over at RMB Builders. Shout out to Rhett and the crew over at RMB. RMB-Builders.com and online. That's where you can find them online or on Instagram at RMB Builders. Uh, you can check them out on social media. You can find them there. Hopefully, everybody had a good weekend. I uh, appreciate you starting your week here with us. If you don't mind, hit that like button, that share button, that comment button, as uh, it was a uh, good weekend for sports, right? A, uh, LSU is back on the practice field. New Orleans Saints on the preseason uh, football field yesterday with a last-second win in the Dome. Starters looked fantastic. We'll talk all about that with Ross Jackson coming up here at, uh, at 8 a.m. this morning. We will also... Uh, get a little bit of a practice report. My first time to see practice uh, over the weekend. Little Jay and I went out to practice on Saturday morning on a hot Saturday morning for uh, for LSU. But we'll talk all about it here uh, on the show. As we said, if you don't mind, like, share, and subscribe. If you have not subscribed, uh, make sure and give us a subscription today before you get out of here. We'll hear from Matt House, LSU defensive coordinator, was speaking with the media uh, on Saturday and did so after practice. And we've got some cuts uh, as uh, we will uh, we will hear from uh, from Coach House uh, about his thoughts and about the midway point here of, uh, of fall camp. So uh, remember our phone line brought to you by Southern Regional Medical Center, uh, Real Doctors, Real Solutions, formerly Metropolitan Health Group, same people, same group, uh, Jason Ramazan, Charlie Harvey, and the crew, uh, BJ and the entire crew over at uh, – Southern Regional Medical Center, let them help you out today if you've got any medical questions. Uh, real doctors, real solutions. Speaking of the phone line, as we said, Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints podcast is going to be here at 8 a.m. Uh, what a nice start to the, uh, to, uh, the Derek Carr situa- uh, uh, days here at, uh, in New Orleans as you get your first look at, uh, at Carr yesterday. And we'll get into an LSU practice report. We'll get back. Uh, to the uh, to the Saints with uh, uh, with RJ with Ross Jackson coming up at 8 a.m. But just real quick here, 26-24 Saints uh, win the game preseason game number one. And uh, just real quick, uh, some observations. Uh, Got to be the offense, right? I mean, and what Derek Carr and uh, and the offense were able to do the way he started uh, four of six, or excuse me, six of eight uh, for 70 yards. Ended with a uh, ended with a touchdown uh, to Kirkwood, uh, but what about the way that he spread the ball around Jawan Johnson, who's going to be a star? I mean, like this dude's going to be a fantasy winner. <laughs> I mean, that guy is going to be a fantasy steal. 
but Jawan Johnson had two catches. Alvin Kamara had two catches. Uh, Michael Thomas had a catch. Uh, and then Kirkwood capped it off with the six-yard touchdown. Uh, man, did they look efficient? Did they look on point? Did they look like kind of the Saints offense of old? I mean, you saw the screen game come back with Kamara on the screen. How good did he look? Uh, the offensive line looked like they were in sync. Carr looked like he was very comfortable back there. Man, he's put some weight on, like some good weight. I mean, the 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 year to date picture in comparison of Carr in, in Vegas last year compared to where he is in New Orleans today. I mean, he has put his time in, man, uh, in in the weight room. If nothing else, I mean, you can tell he's he's committed himself to kind of getting back into into you know, early day shape. I mean, he's all chiseled and cut up uh, on his arm. So uh, he's definitely found some type of rejuvenation, it looks like, in his career. And Pete Carmichael and the offense were clicking. And uh, the defense, I mean, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City, the world champs are in town playing, going for it on fourth down early on in the game. On the first series of the game, Saints able to adjust. And guys like Pete Werner and, you know, some of those other Saints newcomers have been around the ball early there, so it was good, man. We will uh, uh, we'll talk to Ross Jackson. I don't want to get carried away in, in, in preseason, uh, but just I, I, don't know if, I, I, I don't know if that could have started any better for, for, for the Saints' new staff, new quarterback in Derek Carr, and um, I just the, the, the start to that was fantastic. It is preseason, so I don't want to get carried away. Um, all right, LSU on Saturday, as we said, very hot, man. It was a hot, hot Saturday morning. Uh, and, um, just some, some observations in, in being out there, uh, first and foremost is that we've talked about this, this rookie class a lot. And, uh, this freshman class obviously is going to have some guys that are going to step in and play specifically on defense. When you talk about, uh, you know, guys in, in, in the secondary, like Javion Taviano, uh, Deshaun Walmack will be a guy that probably plays on the on, on the, the the front line, uh, and then you've got a guy uh, like Wes Weeks uh, who who could potentially play at linebacker, uh, who's a true freshman. Uh, but really, all over the field, man, this true freshman class is very extremely impressive. Um, I know that we've talked a little bit about Mac Markway, and Markway very much stands out. I mean. When, when you just go out there and, you know, you're just kind of glancing around the field, he, he jumps out just from his size and he moves well. I mean, he moves very impressive for how big he is. And that tight end group, I, I don't know if, I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to, to take it all in. I don't know if Pimpton was out there on Saturday morning. Um, because I was I was looking for him, and there were so many people out there, and the tight end group is very impressive. Jackson McGowan is another guy that you know you you, you don't talk about a lot. Who you know I, I think is going to play. Pimpton did miss practice Saturday. Did he? Okay, because mm -hmm. uh, I, I I didn't see him, and I, I wanted to you know just kind of put my eyes on him. But the the pass catchers in general, you know, Stewie and I were talking about it this morning. The 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 weapons that LSU has on on offense at the skill positions, it, it is it's the it's one of the deepest groups I can remember. I mean, like 
LSU has had some frontline Odell Jarvis type guys, even, you know, going back to like Dwayne Bowe, early Doucette, Craig Davis, you know, Justin Vincent was in that group. You had, you know, Keelan Williams was in that group. I mean, you had, you had weapons. I mean, I'm not saying that this is something new for LSU, but when you just start going down the list and looking at the guys that, that they have access to, I think Malik Neighbors potentially could be a Bolitnikov finalist. Just, you know, kind of like a bold early season statement. You go out there and watch him practice. First off, I had my son with me. You know, we just kind of got up on a Saturday morning and, you know, started the day and went and ate some breakfast and we're, we're, we're kind of running some errands and moving around. And he and I went out to camp. And, you know, one thing that I have been talking to him about is, like, you got to take practice serious, man. Like, you got to take every rep serious. I mean, I know that it's it's tough to get that right now, but, I mean, you really got to make the most of practice. And I've been sending him, like, these, these Twitter clips of, like, Kobe Bryant talking about practice and Michael Jordan talking about practice and, you know, some of the, 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 the greatest to, to ever play talking about how they took practice. You go watch Malik Neighbors practice. That dude practices as if it is his last rep every single opportunity he gets. And, I mean, that is so contagious on a team where your best player or one of your best players is doing, doing that. It brings, the bo- it brings the best out of the other side. I mean, Ashton Stamps who is a true freshman cornerback who's going to play. Wait until you hear Matt House talk about stamps. I mean, he, like, gets giddy when he's talking about the freshman. I I had to look down at the roster two, three times on Saturday to just double-check who is 26. Because he is not built like a freshman. He doesn't move like a freshman. He's I'm telling you, he's playing against Florida State. And there was a couple of reps of... You know, him going up against neighbors in some one-on-ones where, I mean, neighbors is giving giving Stamps everything he's got, man. And I I really believe that neighbors is one of the top five wide receivers in college football right now, today. And potentially at the end of the season could be the best. And what that does for the young player, a young player that has expectation to play, And then, like, after Malik Neighbors, you know, bust him up a little bit, like, helps him up, pats him on the head, kind of tells him, gives him a little bit of a pointer, maybe of what he did or maybe how he can prevent what he did and just how much that makes the overall team better. It doesn't necessarily go into the, the, the stats. You may not even catch it if you're watching a video of practice. But what it does for your best player to be that dialed in as a practice player just makes your overall team that much that much competitive, that much more competitive. I mean, it just – I thought Malik Neighbors, just from a, 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 pure wheel, a pure will and what he was putting out led me to believe like LSU is, 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 is a really good team. When you've got your best player, one of your best players – Giving it like that on a Saturday morning where it's 105, it's miserably hot. It's easy to, to, to go through a, a rep where, you know, you may go 75, 80%. Not number eight, man. 
I mean, he gives it everything he's got in what I saw on Saturday every time he got the opportunity. And I just thought, man, what, what does that do? First off, the, the, the freshman, we go back to the, 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 the weapons, the, the amount of options that LSU has there. I didn't, I didn't see a scenario on how the freshman wide receiver could crack the lineup just because there's so much depth at wide receiver. But these freshmen are so good that I'm not saying that they catch, you know, six, seven balls a game, but I do think that they get six, seven snaps a game. Where you look at Shelton Sampson, you look at Kyle Parker, you look at Jalen Brown. I mean, even, and I don't even mean to say it like this, but Kai Kai Prian, I mean, like, he made a play on Zion Alexander Saturday on the on a red zone work where, I mean, he ran a crisp comeback route to the pylon. Nussmeyer is rolling to his left, throws just a timing route, expecting Prion to be there. Prion comes out of the cut, tracks the ball, I mean, makes the catch, like, with his hands, with Alexander on his back, like, grips it in, tucks it. Like, I mean, like, it was like, damn. That is a, that, that's a, that's a nice play for a true freshman to make against a veteran DB who's got expectation to play. I mean, like, be a starter early on. I just was very impressed with the entire rookie class and the amount of options and weapons that LSU has offensively. And like I said, I didn't even see Pimpton. Pimpton wasn't even out there. And he was one of the guys I couldn't wait to see from just a, a weapon standpoint. But, I mean, you go down the list of, of Aaron Anderson, Brian Thomas, um, uh, uh, Ky- uh, Kyron Lacey, and then you throw in these true freshman wide receiver, and then you get to the tight ends. They ain't talked about Mason Taylor yet. I mean, Mason Taylor has put on some really impressive – Wait, like, I mean, he looks much more like a college tight end than a true freshman out there. I mean, it's the amount of weapons on offense, and then you get to the running backs. I mean, like, you haven't even talked about the running backs yet. Emory looks fantastic. I mean, like, I know that's not the problem. I'm not biting the bait again. I've always said that, but I mean, like, he just looks Fantastic. It's not football with John. It's never been football with John. But you talk about Malik Neighbors, and, I mean, LSU put out this clip Saturday after practice, and you talk about going hard in practice. Is that Malik? I'm telling you, dude. That's on you got mossed on Monday. It just... When, when, when you have that type of buy-in from your best players, it's nearly, it, it's tough. It's tough for a team as talented as LSU to, to be out of games. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? They, they, I'm not saying that they're going to win the national championship, but it's just when you're getting that buy-in from your best every single day, that's so contagious. I mean, it's so hard for not everyone to buy in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you become an outcast so quickly. I mean, if they, if that guy's in, how are we not in? Right? I mean, it just it, it it's it's a very contagious drug in sports when you have that type of buy-in, and 
Chili is right. I didn't even mention Chris Hilton. And Chris Hilton is running by people like they're standing still. I mean, like, he put his head down and made his mind up. He was going to sprint past somebody, caught two bombs, just like 40, 45-yard touchdowns, where it was just – he made it look so easy. And if Chris Hilton – I mean, like, I am so sorry that I did not mention Hilton, but, I mean, you see so much on Saturday. I'm just trying to kind of, like, regurgitate it back to you. And Hilton was one of the absolute bright spots of just the weapons and another option at wide receiver that you look at and you say, man, I mean, if if Chris Hilton can stay healthy, and that's it, because another one, when it comes to football, if he's healthy, he he's tough to keep off the field. And you've got Malik Neighbors, and you've got Brian Thomas, and you've got Aaron Anderson, and you've got Kyron Lacey, and then you sprinkle in Shelton Sampson, Kyle Parker, Jalen Brown, Kai Prion. I mean, like it's it's as deep of a weapon unit that LSU has had in a while it feels like and i mean i'm include 19 i mean they were loaded but i mean you know it's just the depth the amount the amount of players the amount of guys that they really can use look at and put in there is it's going to be very tough on defenses i mean it, it it's going to be it's going to be stressing on on defenses week in week out to just where do you where where is it coming from? Who am I focused on? And the most impressive part about it is that they're all kind of different in skill sets. Where you've got size, you've got speed, you've got you know guys that can play possession type wide receiver. You got guys that can beat one on ones. You got guys that can beat the zone. You got guys that can just play in all facets of the offense. So the weapons, the depth at the skill spots on offense is embarrassing for LSU. It's fan, it's going to be fun to watch how they use everyone because they're just loaded at those spots. They're loaded at those spots. Another guy that I wanted to see that was not out there was Mason Lunsford. Uh, the offensive lineman was not out there. And um, so I wanted to see kind of like what, what, what the, that group looked like. So that put Frazier back in with the starting five, and you had Emory Jones at the right tackle, Frazier there, you had Charles Turner at the center spot, Garrett Dellinger at right tackle, and then you had, uh, of course, Will Campbell at uh, defensive end. Mason Smith did get dinged up a little bit. He was um, he was uh, on the ground for a while. It looked like his right knee. I don't want to speculate. I, you know what I mean? He, was, he didn't go inside. He stayed out there. Uh, at this point, I, I, I'd be tempted to pull the plug on him. And in practice, especially from team stuff. You know, I mean, like, you don't want to stress it, push it, right? I mean, he has been well ahead of schedule on this this rehabilitation of the knee. I mean, way ahead, of, way past the timeline that I thought he'd be at. I mean, it hadn't even been a year yet. I mean, guys sprinting, been sprinting. Like, I mean, he's been running. He's been moving. I mean, he, he has really, I mean, like, you know, I mean, if I'm an NFL scout general man, like, it's like, whoa, okay. I mean, like, he's locked in. I mean, like, the guy, he got himself right. You know, I mean, it's it's no doubt about whether or not he he can get himself back. Now that he's back, it's like, all right, all right, let's chill. You know what I mean? Like, easy. 
easy. I mean, you'd rather him be able to push 35, 40 snaps in the opener than, you know, have him limping throughout the last couple of weeks of training camp. Uh, but he is a just massive human being. And he looks so good. Before he went down, he was moving around. He was running. He was, you know, you can see it. I mean, he is so motivated. He's another one. He's another one that gets every single ounce of energy out of every single rep. One of your best players who just gives you every single ounce of what he has every time he goes at it in practice, which, you know, just leaks into guys. I thought Quincy Wiggins was very impressive on Saturday. I mean, he had some one-on-ones versus Garrett Dellinger where, I mean, he got past Dellinger. That that group is so good. I, I just hope that Quincy, my my just in watching that group play, because Savion Jones is it's it is it's time. I mean, he is going to bust out. And I know that people bust my balls on what I've been saying about Savion Jones for four years, but I mean, if if you bought this stock four years ago, you're feeling right right now. I mean, if he can stay healthy and he can stay good and he can stay on the field, he is someone that it, it, it just it, it is it just pops. I mean, you go out there, you're like, my goodness, who is 35? I mean, he's just moving. But you've got him, you've got Deshaun Walmack, you've got Jackson Howard, you've got Quincy Wiggins. I mean, you've got you you've got a you know Paris Sneed is a guy that's going to play for sure. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, I mean, they're just deep there. I, I thought, you know, defensive line, it was good to see guys like Jordan Jefferson was the first time I had gotten to see him. Jared Lee uh, was out there, uh, again, in a transfer from Florida, uh, a guy who's, who's you know, a big body uh, who will have some, some, some a role for sure. But the front line guys in Wingo and Smith and, um, I mean, they're just, they're stout, man. They're stouts. I mean, they're stout. Um, you know, inside. I mean, you got to have a rotation behind him, but that Wingo is, he is so quick off the snap, man. I mean, he is, he's got that low center of gravity, obviously, but I mean, just his, his get off. I mean, his, <laughs> on the snap of the ball, if you don't get your hands on him, he is such a problem. And then you got Mason Smith right next to him who, um, it just, you know, he's 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 just such an issue. I, I mean, I don't know how you don't double-team him. He's just so big. 
really. I mean, it's just he's just he's he's such a massive, impressive, skilled guy. I mean, he's such a good athlete for how big he is. And then you've got Wingo, who's so quick next to him. They're going to be hell. I mean, I just they are going to be hell. And if you can get some guys behind him that can keep them fresh for four quarters where you can spell them on drives and rotations where, you know, they're not playing 50, 60 snaps and keep them in there where, you know, I mean, it's meaningful drives and keep them on the field where, you know, I mean, they're making their plays. They, they're just a tough combo interior that you have to – you have to. I mean, there's just – you better have some good athletic interior guys to keep up with them because they just they're big, strong, and fast. Um so I, I thought that the 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 offensive and defensive line was good competition. Like I said, Mason Lunsford wasn't out there for LSU and over the last couple of days and weeks you've heard his name a lot uh, of somebody who was making a push. So uh didn't get to see him uh from that standpoint, but uh, you know, just like I said, some of the, the, the things that jumped out. And then, you know, I mean, from um, the quarterback standpoint, you know, I mean, it, it's just you, you, you see how much Jaden Daniels has progressed from year one to year two. And it's everything that we said about listening to Brian Kelly speak to the press where he seems much more relaxed. He seems much more at ease of what – the program is going to be built around his, you know, his principles, his teachings, his what 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 is expected, his expectation, his standards have been locked in. It doesn't have to be explained. The leaders in the group know it. They've kind of trickled it down in the locker room. So Kelly doesn't have to go through the implementation process of what he was going through last year at this time, where it really kind of set back the 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 installation and development of of the team. Now you know, you can see in the way that he talks and the way that he carries himself. I mean, he was, he was in, he was in form on Saturday morning. You know, I mean, he was getting after it, coaching his guys up. You know, I mean, um, it, it was, it, it was, it was, it was good to see him in that outlet. Same thing we said about Mike Denbrock last week when we saw him and heard from him from the first time. Much more at ease, right? You don't have to go through like you know, teaching guys terminology, teaching teaching guys formations, teaching guys you know the basic standards and fundamentals of what you're doing every single day. Now all of that is understood. You can kind of your your development, your teaching is much more further along at this point than it need you know than it was last year. Same thing I would say about Jaden Daniels and even Garrett Nussmeyer. I mean, they seem so much more comfortable in what they are doing, what they are seeing, what they're saying. You know, I mean, we mentioned terminology. They are at ease in that. You know, I mean, they're so much more comfortable in that. And then that translates in the way that they play. You know, I mean, Daniels moves with much more, less anxiety. You know, I mean, you can just tell. I mean, he's, 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 he has a much more firmer grasp of what is being asked of him to do. And there has definitely been an emphasis from the coaching staff to him that he got the message to push the ball down the field, to start to take the take take chances, start to move and push the ball down the field, and that is something that I think has hit home with Daniels because he has gotten the message, and I think LSU is going to take advantage of these weapons like like we talked about. I mean. 
it's it's clear that somebody has gotten to Daniels and said, look, get the ball out of your hand and put it in these guys' hands. They make plays. They change the scoreboard. And I think that's that's you, you will see that very early on because that's something that you can see in practice and it's very obvious that they're just they're much more comfortable. It's it's much more comfortable. Think about what you do. You know, I mean, how much more comfortable were you in the 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 sixth month rather than the third month of your new job? How much more comfortable were you in your your sixth month rather than the third month of your relationship? Whatever it is, right? I mean. You know, now being a year in for people like Jaden Daniels, Mike Denbrock, Brian Kelly, it's much more it's much more at ease. Remember our friends over at Hughes Mechanical, the AC right now, can it keep up? Can your AC keep up? If it cannot, you want to get the air-conditioned trusted service reps from Hughes Mechanical out to see you today. 225-658-2147. 225-658-2147 is the phone number. They're online at HughesMechanical.net. HughesMechanical.net. Get in touch with Travis and his crew, the most trusted and experienced professionals here in South Louisiana. They service everywhere, all the way up to the North Shore, from Zachary, all throughout South Louisiana. You can trust Hughes Mechanical Contractors. That's for residential HVAC and uh, AC, both installation and repair right now. The ACs are having a tough tough time uh, keeping up if that's the case for you. Get in touch with Hughes Mechanical Contractors at 225-658-2147. 225-658-2147 is the phone number. Over at Hughes Mechanical, they are a trusted Daikin air conditioned company. Get in touch with Travis Hughes today at 225-658-2147. Uh, enormous day for Dylan Cruz yesterday. <laughs> uh, at some point, uh, he's not, he's not going to be in single A uh, for long here. As uh, Cruz yesterday, two bombs, five for five, six ribbies, a walk. Uh, he knocked one off the scoreboard yesterday in oppo, opposite field, uh, off the scoreboard. The pitcher's reaction is fantastic. This guy looks like he's been in single A for about a decade. Uh, and he just serves one up to the number one pick as Dylan just turn, <laughs> just snap turns on this thing, man, and knocks it off the scoreboard within a blink of an eye as he is just ripping through uh, the, uh, the, the the single A. I saw that, uh, who was it that put out last week the top five uh, minor league prospects in both Skeens and Cruz? I think it might have been just like in a, MLB. MLB. Yeah, no, I think it was MLB put out their top five um, minor league prospects in both Cruz and Skeens in the top five. As Skeens made his um, minor league debut, which they started him off in single A. That makes zero sense to me like why you would waste a pitch on this guy in single a doesn't make a lot of sense i know that there's a ramp up method here but i mean you could almost roll this guy out in triple a um i i've never done that in my life i've never made one of those decisions it just seems like outside looking in that it's a very much waste of time and waste of energy on a million dollar arm to go throw him against guys like me and stewie i mean you know what he's gonna do I mean, he's embarrassing these people, for God's sakes. He's doing what, I mean, him and Cruz are just like, I mean, they're, 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 they're taking the will out of these people to even play baseball anymore. But what a day for Cruz. What a day for the Saints yesterday. We're going to talk about it with Ross Jackson coming up here in about 30 minutes. So if you have Saints questions, get them in. But we talked a little bit about it, uh, at it uh, a little bit about it at the, the start of the show. Um, Love to see the starters playing. 
Love to see the offensive line and obviously uh, the new quarterback and David Carr uh, really starting to, to catch on and click. As we said, he was 6 for 8 for 70 yards in the way that he started the game. In that start, he spread the ball around. Alvin Kamara had a couple of catches. Jawan Johnson had a couple of catches. Mike Thomas had a catch. He hit Kirkwood for the touchdown inside the red zone. Offense looked very efficient in um, just getting back to work, man. Pete Carmichael looks very comfortable in calling plays. Like we said early on, it's been a while since we've seen the screen game with the Saints. Saints were uh, routinely one of the best, if not the best, screen team in the league for a long time under Sean Payton. And that was something that they did very well. I mean, it was always kind of a security blanket for the Saints offense that you could fall back on, that you could you you could get you could get positive yardage in the screen game. And it was good to see that yesterday uh, with uh, uh, with Kamara, uh, with uh, with the crew, uh, with Pete Carmichael, with everyone who looked very comfortable uh, in. Uh, in calling plays, uh, Saints got the win uh, in a uh, in dramatic fashion uh, yesterday as they kicked a a game winning field goal uh, to uh, to secure the victory yesterday versus Kansas City. They had some things that they need to clean up. We'll talk about that with Ross Jackson. Obviously, they had a great start. They were up seventeen seven at half uh, and ended up uh, you know really struggling in the second half to do anything. Uh, but they got the win twenty six twenty four. They were able to. Uh, uh, to hang on and 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 get a last second victory on a game winning field goal, uh, and uh, Saints start off preseason uh, pretty well. You don't put a lot into the preseason outcomes, but uh, it was good to see what you saw from the starting unit against the world champs. Uh, so we will talk to Ross Jackson about that uh, coming up here at 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, so uh, so stick around there if you have uh, if you have any Saints uh, needs if you want to hear about what's going on with Saints. Uh, if you have any Saints questions, uh, you can jump in with us. Uh, some other big recruiting news over the weekend. This was a little surprising, right? Uh, DeCorian Moore was uh, the uh, the five-star wide receiver uh, out of Duncanville. This is a, a high school that LSU has been uh, hanging around the last couple of years here, doing a lot of recruitment. Obviously, last week they picked up Caden Durham, the uh, the four-star running back out of out of Duncanville. Uh, who pledged to LSU. They were in on Colin Simmons, who's the number one player in Texas out of Duncanville. It came down to uh, to LSU, Texas, as uh, as Simmons chose the LSU hat. And then uh, after that, people were really eyeballing DeCorian Moore, who was the five-star wide receiver uh, out, of, out of Duncanville, who just shut down the process over the weekend and pledged to LSU, uh, which... Uh, talking to some recruiting experts in the field, a lot of guys that we trust, uh, this this was a little bit of a uh, of a surprise. Now uh, he's he's just a sophomore, right? Or is he he's going? Is he entering his junior year right now? Yeah, he's going to be a junior. So he's class. going to be a junior. So he's a he's a rising junior. He's coming up to his junior year, um, but was one of the top underclassmen. In the state of of Texas, he's a five star wide receiver. Uh, he told Binger, uh, he told the uh, the Bengal Tiger staff, he told uh, Shea and the crew. I believe it was with uh, with Billy. 
that he said he, he just liked the vibes and the energy from the coaches. It's a cool place to play ball and just to live around. They have always been at the top for me. It's wide receiver you. You're wrong if you don't have LSU as the top school as a wideout. Uh, as we said, Moore is ranked as a five-star. He's the number two wide receiver prospect in the on-three industry rankings for the class of 2025. Um, so th this gives uh, LSU a couple of Texas commits. They picked up, what, uh, Jalen Watkins? Uh, yeah, Jelani Watkins, Watkins? Caden Durham and DeCorian Moore. I mean, that's, that's the two top wide receivers in the state, right? Mm. I mean, Jelani Watkins... I mean, DeCorian Moore, I know, is a five-star. But, I mean, if they're not the two top ones, they're within the two – I mean, they're within Close the enough. top five, right, of, of the state. So, LSU doing some some work here, not only on Duncanville's campus, which is a great place to have uh, some, some uh, locked-in relationships, but within the state of Texas where, you know, look, obviously Texas, the University of Texas, ha has changed their you know, complete mindset on the way that they recruit. Right, I mean, like they are they are locked in. You know what Texas A and M is doing, and obviously TCU played the national championship last year. So I mean, th this is a this is a state that you know the the schools within the area are, are are succeeding right now. And so for LSU to stay relevant and stay in the area and stay being able to you know pluck away guys like DeCoria Moore and Jelani Watkins, uh, very positive sign, and Caden Durham uh, for that matter as well. Uh, very positive sign uh, for what LSU has has going on right now. Remember our friends over at Katie's Restaurant. Katie's located down on Iberville Street. Speaking of the Saints, yesterday would have been a great opportunity for you to get into uh, to Katie's to uh, witness the new uh, and take advantage of the new hours. Uh, remember, we're telling you on Sundays, ten to six, ten a.m. to six p.m. Or when the uh, when the doors are opening and when the doors are closing, uh, playing host to the pre and post game crowd for Saints games on Sundays. Uh, if you want to have a place to go watch the game, they've added uh, they've added uh, five new televisions uh, for you not to miss a play over at Katie's. They're located on Emberville Street. Same great service, same great people, same great food, uh, same awesome leadership with our friend Scott Craig and the crew over there. So go see them. Uh, they're located online, very easy to find them online at katiesinmidcity.com. They've been around since 1984, so they got the experience. They've been doing it, man, consistent. Uh, 1984 is when they're started, uh, and they are uh, located on Iberville Street right there in Mid-City. They got a sister restaurant in Francesca's, which is a great little deli over in Lakeview uh, that you can check out. You get all the information online at katiesinmidcity.com, katiesinmidcity.com. Uh, we'll be back. More of the Jordy Collada Show, as always, built by R&B Builder. All right, welcome back here. Jordy Collada Show, as always, built by our friends over at R&B Builders. Remember our friends over at R&B. Get in touch with them at rmb-builders.com. We're going to get in. A little early with Ross Jackson this morning. I know we said 8 a.m., but uh, Ross said he had gotten a link, and he's uh, standing by. And I said, look, man, we got to get you moving on your day. I hate to keep people holding up as uh, we'll talk to Ross here in a couple of minutes. How about the Saints yesterday, man? Saints look really good, especially the starters. And we'll focus in on all of it uh, with Ross coming up here. 
So if you've got a question, if you've got something specific about New Orleans yesterday, just let us know. 26-24 Saints winners as uh, you get your first co- uh, first look at Derek Carr and the Saints offense. What a start uh, for the Saints offensively. It is preseason, so we don't want to, uh, you know, kind of uh, talk a little bit, uh, you know, uh, lose perspective. Uh, but it was the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was your first time seeing Derek Carr in the offense in action. And uh, I was uh, I was up early this morning. Uh, and listening uh, to Locked On Saints podcast. Uh, great coverage uh, from Ross and the crew as usual. Uh, make sure that you are following Ross and the Locked On Saints podcast team for this Saints season and training camp for everything that's coming out, including last night's first, uh, first exhibition game uh, in which uh, Ross gives real time uh, right after the game, does a great uh, YouTube uh, link that you can see and does uh, some video with it. So uh, follow him at Twitter, at Ross Jackson Nola, uh, to keep up with all of it. Uh, RJ, good morning. How are you, man? Hi, brother. Doing well, doing well. I'm glad that you and I are both aligned in uh, going with, sticking with Twitter, right? Yes. Like, it's, it's what it is. Absolutely. It's what it is. Look, we grew up on Twitter. <laughs> His mama calls him Twitter. I'm going to call him Twitter. <laughs> Um, That's exactly right. His mama calls him Derek Carr. And mama calls him Derek Carr, man. He looks good, man. I said, look, man, it, it, the first thing that jumped out to me in seeing him in a uniform is he is somebody, the, the, Las Vegas telling him they didn't want him back rejuvenated him. I mean, like, he's caught a second yeah. wind here. I mean, you can see he's all cut up. I mean, he's been in the weight room. The way he started the game, I thought, was spreading the ball around. It was a, it was as good of a start as as he could have had, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we were at the point at the end of the game during the press conference where we were asking questions like, so what could you have done better? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't want to, you know, overblow everything because as you were just mentioning, like, it is a preseason game. It's one series. And remember, Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, those guys look great for their one drive in the preseason last year. But unfortunately, most of those guys didn't get the opportunity to finish the season. So we know that anything can happen and anything can change. We do have to keep things in perspective, but like there's a lot of things to be happy about with this New Orleans Saints first drive and the way that Derek Carr handled his first action uh, in a New Orleans Saints uniform. You saw multiple plays that started off with some motion over on the offensive side. Didn't see that a lot last year. We saw the screen pass Alvin Kamara, swing pass to get him out in space. They did a split zone release with Chris Olave, the first play of the game, trying to leak him out over to that right sideline to get him in space as well. We saw the ball spread around, like you mentioned. Uh, Chris Olave was targeted. You saw passes to Michael Thomas, to Juwan Johnson, to uh, Keith Kirkwood, to Alvin Kamara. I mean, they moved the ball around and did all the things that you're accustomed to seeing a a New Orleans Saints offense do. So now the New Orleans Saints offense of the past is kind of what they're trying to get back to here in Louisiana. And it seems that Derek Carr was the right guy for that choice. Um, Early on observations of offense and just some of the weapons. um, Most positive thing I saw was a screen pass to Alvin Kamara that turned Mm -hmm. into really a big gain. I'd love to see them incorporating that back into, you know, at least some of their identity uh, what did you see of that 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 eight play or that eight uh, eight pass attempt drive that that car led uh, the Saints on to start? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I really liked what we saw with that screen pass as well. We saw Alvin Kamara, my numbers tell me, nine times targeted on a screen pass last year, which is kind of unacceptable. We're used to seeing him there around 20, 25 times or more. Uh, so to be able to see one in a preseason game usually tells you that some good stuff is on the way for a regular season matchup. You know what I mean? And, and we've seen them work the screen game all throughout training camp, all throughout practices, whether it's with Alvin Kamara or Kendra Miller or Jamal Williams. They've been working those screen passes out of the backfield, so it was great to see that translate to that opening preseason drive. I think the other thing that I really enjoyed seeing was a little bit of the misdirection yes. that we saw. There was a play in particular, but just a run. Like if you if you just look at it on surface value, it, it was just a run to Jamal Williams right up the middle. But before the ball was handed off to Jamal Williams coming out of the I formation, it was a play fake to Adam Prentice. And then on the backside, you had the uh, the end around action by Chris Olave. So you saw a lot of eye candy, a lot of motion, those types of things end up having an impact on opposing defenses and set up tendencies that you can break later. That's something we didn't see a ton of for New Orleans last year, but seeing it here early in the first drive of the preseason generally is a pretty good, uh, it gives you a pretty good ex- expectation of what you might see during your regular season. Speaking of expectation, Ross, what's your expectation for Jawan Johnson? Everything. No, I'm just kidding. No, but really, like, this dude, he, he's, he's been outstanding, right? I mean, he might be one of the better yards after catch threats on the team, too, just in terms of how, you know, the, the types of matchups that he's going to see, who he's often going to be catching the passes around, if he catches a pass near a linebacker. I mean, he's, he's the quintessential example of the old tight end stereotype, right? Too big for the defensive back, too fast for the, for the linebackers. Like, that's exactly who Jawan Johnson is. Um, and he and Derek Carr have linked up quite a bit over the course of the offseason. And I think that the addition of Clancy Barone, uh, the tight end coach, who's also worked with guys like Antonio Gates and Algie Crumpler and Kyle Rudolph and Julius Thomas and Jimmy Graham for a little while, too, I believe over in Chicago. Um, th- that's a pretty good resume for a tight ends coach. And now you get to add that and Jimmy Graham himself to you know, Juwan Johnson's kind of mentorship group. I, I think that the sky's the limit for Juwan. I don't know that he's going to be a, you know, a thousand yard receiving tight end in this offense, but as a guy that, you know, caught for over, what was it five? I think he, I think he totaled out right at like 508, maybe 504 yards. Maybe we're just thinking about the area code too much. Uh, but you know, him, him getting there last year on what was really a second half burst gives you a pretty good expectation or, or understanding of what the expectations are for him here in 2023 with a full season working with a quarterback that trusts him. Every time I bring you on here, we either talk about Alave or Mike Thomas, and I, I'd like to get some thoughts on him before I get you out of here. But, I mean, mm-hmm. guy, guys like Keith Kirkwood and and, and guys yeah. like we we didn't see on, on Saturday, Rashid Shahid, who we talk a ton about, and even Traquan Smith, who, who didn't dress. Who, who are some of the pass catchers that you're looking at after Alave and after Thomas that have to step up on this team that 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 need to to fill that 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 third and fourth pass catching option yeah the the three guys that I really was looking forward to watching all had pretty good standout performances in, in their own ways one of them a little bit different than the other two but um, you know the top two being Keith Kirkwood as well as uh, A.T. Perry you know like the Saints invested in A.T. Perry not just a six-round selection but they also traded away Adam Troutman 
to move up and get him. Yes, I know Adam Troutman asked for his trade, but still, if you move a player to draft a player, you, you kind of have an expectation that that player is going to be somebody for you. And what we've seen from A.T. Perry over the course of camp has been a little inconsistent, right? Like there were the focus drops and things like that. There were the concerns at Wake Forest. But one of the things that I kept saying about A.T. Perry is wait for him to get under the lights. Let's see what happens when, when it's opening night, the crowd is there, you know, the audience is there, all that other stuff. What happens? And he went six, he had six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown, most impressively on six targets. So 100% completion percentage there, including a couple of contested catches, uh, not the least of which being, of course, the, the touchdown that he dove into the end zone for. So you love seeing that from A.T. Perry. I thought he did some really, really good work for himself last night. Keith Kirkwood as well. I asked Eric Carr about Keith Kirkwood because we're always asking him about Chris Olave, Michael Thomas as well, just like we were just talking about. Uh, and one of the things that he mentioned was that he's got kind of a 6.30 standing session with any of the pass catchers. But he always says that, hey, I'll be there at 6 a.m. if anybody wants to get a little extra work in. And Keith Kirkwood is there every single day at 6 a.m. or every single time that the opportunity is there starting at 6 a.m. He doesn't wait until 6.30. And he's there working with Derek Carr afterwards, getting more routes in, getting more catches in, getting more passes in, all these other things. And so I think that that type of chemistry with Derek Carr certainly goes a long way. The third guy that I was watching was Lynn Bowden. Um, he, he didn't get too many opportunities in the passing game, but showed you what he could do as a, as a special teams contributor. Um, defensively, Ross, as impressive as the starting unit was on offense, I thought that defensively starting, uh, they, they started the game really well. I thought the fourth down stop obviously was a, was a huge push, uh, for them to get going. What did you see from the, the, the starting unit, uh, out there on the other side of the ball? Yeah, I'm just really excited to see Pete Werner back in action, fully healthy again. Remember he had a phenomenal start to the season last year until that injury hit. I think he was leading the, the NFL in tackles, if I remember correctly, up until that point. Um, we saw him come up with two big either stops, if you if you if you think about that 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 fourth down that you mentioned. Uh, but he also had a, a run play that he got in on early that was then swallowed up and finished off by you know like a couple of other guys that were that were there. And so I think that like that's the big thing that's so, sort of a, a huge difference for this this defense from what we saw in this opening preseason game versus some of the things that they struggled with early in the season last year was getting a bunch of hats to the ball, right? We saw a lot of one-on-one -on -one situations last year and defenses never, never want that. They never like that. Uh, and so it was great to see just a lot of hats get to the ball, um, you know, multiple players getting there to help out and assist with the tackles, all of that. So I think that you were encouraged by that. I didn't see the defensive line get moved off of the line of scrimmage very often throughout the first couple of drives that we saw the starting defensive line. I think that's a big thing. We saw the line of scrimmage reset one, two yards uh, pretty often last year, especially in the run game. We saw them do that well. And we saw them key and diagnose really well, especially over in the front seven, uh, getting in and being able to get a stop on the screen pass in that first drive uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, later on, we saw Zach Vaughn with a, a rush up the middle. I think that's what he's. I think that's what he should be doing. That was a little bit of like a Caden Ellis deployment, maybe something they learned about the, what what made Caden Ellis so good last year, and now they've given to uh, Zach Vaughn. Those are things that I think you want to see, and I think we got to see some glimpses of that. Uh, as well as just opportunistic defense. Look, if the offense makes a mistake, you got to be able to take advantage of it, and we saw the defense do that on a couple of occasions. Ugo Amadi with the interception off of the Alante Taylor pass breakup. And we also saw, of course, later on the Kyle Phillips interception, which you, you just love seeing a big man get, get a takeaway like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, more defensively, opposite Marshawn Lattimore. You, like, I've been reading and listening to your work. Lattimore sounds like he's having a fantastic camp, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, opposite him, who, who do we like? 
Yeah, as of right now, I still have Paulson and Debo in the lead, but I think Alante Taylor showed you some good things on the outside yesterday. I know they've been trying to cross-train him into the slot and things like that, and that's a big thing that you have to be able to do in the NFL. Uh, Dennis Allen kind of talked about it yesterday. Like, if I've got a bunch of outside guys, somebody's got to play inside. And so, you know, good for Alante of, of, of taking on that task and, and learning it. You saw last night that he's still yesterday, that he's still learning that slot position. Um, you know, he lost downfield uh, on the slot. His first snap in the slot, second second or third snap in the slot was the miscommunication between him and Roby for the touchdown uh, that was surrendered. So, you know, look, that's just going to get better with reps and things like that. But it's day and night, the difference between Alante Taylor on the outside and on the inside. You get him back on the outside where he's comfortable, where he's played a lot more snaps, where he has a lot more experience. And he plays extremely well, which shouldn't be, a, a, you know, much of a surprise. Uh, but him getting that that pass breakup, which led to the takeaway by Ugo Amadi, those are the things that are going to move the needle. You want to see these guys go out there and make plays. Alante Taylor's out there making plays. So I think that he helped close the gap a little bit between he and Paulson and Debo. I still give the edge to Paulson and Debo. And, you know, ideally you want to have the three of those guys, including Marshall Lattimore, out on the field at the same time. I just think you're a little bit away, a little, little bit of a ways away from that. Uh, I think... Bradley, Roby, and Ugo Amadi are your two slot guys right now, and I think you're comfortable with that. You probably feel good about that, uh, while Alante Taylor continues to learn. But uh, I'll give the edge to Paulson and Debo right now, but I think Alante did some good stuff for himself on the outside yesterday. How's Peyton Turner's camp been up to this point? I saw him running with the second team on Saturday, or, or yesterday, I'm sorry. Yeah, look, the, the big difference between this year's camp and last year's camp is that last year's camp I would have described as flashing. In fact, he described as flashing, too. He had... You know, he was stacking moments more than he was stacking days. He would kind of have a moment in day one, day five, day ten, that kind of thing. Uh, but this year, it, it's been more like he's stacking days. Uh, we've seen him consistently. You know, John Hendricks and I over at St. Zeus Network, we're writing 98 in our notebooks almost every day. Yeah. Uh, and so it's been great to see that consistency because he's in a competition right now, him and Carl Granderson, to see who's going to get the start opposite uh, Cam Jordan. I think right now the lead still goes to Carl Granderson, but it's been great to see what Peyton Turner has been able to turn around and how he's been able to turn a corner what, uh, so far as it looks at least over the course of this offseason. I uh, didn't really have any big splash plays yesterday, but still did some really good things yesterday in terms of generating pressure, clogging up some gaps. I think we saw him either rotate or, or stunt into the middle or maybe even rush from the middle uh, yesterday. I need to go back and watch the film on it. But, you know, he did mention that they've been using a lot more NASCAR packages. So that's just going to give them more opportunities in passing situations to have three defensive ends out there. And I think that means Peyton Turner, one way or another, is getting a lot of snaps here in 2023, and he deserves them. Joint practices coming up here over the next couple of weeks with both the Los Angeles Chargers and the Houston Texans. What's the big, um, what's the big push there? What, what's, what's the objective when they get into these joint practices? Competition. It's all about competition in these joint practices without having to do anything in a preseason game that maybe is a little bit less controlled. There's a lot more that you can control in these joint practice environments if you're a head coach and if you're a coaching staff, uh, as opposed to, you know, in a game situation where literally anything can happen. You know, you can kind of simulate the things you want to simulate. You can risk the things that you want to risk during a practice. In preseason, you know, they're tackling, they're hitting. There's just a bunch of stuff you can't control. And so those joint practices give you an opportunity to be able to see your talent up against competition while still being in a controlled environment. So I think that's where you're going to see a lot of evaluation for some more of these starters. This is where a lot of roster spots are going to be decided over the course of the next couple of weeks in addition to those preseason games. And this could be big for a lot of players that are looking or jostling for position or vying for a roster spot. That This, this really is a, a big moment for a lot of these players to have these two joint practices. And I think... 
the unique part about having the two joint practices is 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 present um, and, and helps a ton. It's interesting that they're going to see the Houston Texans in joint practices in the preseason and in the regular season. I think you might see some fights by the time it's all over. Excited, excited, definitely. But uh, but it'll be it'll be good work for these players who you know thrive on competition. I mentioned A.T. Perry, for instance, being a guy you wanted to see get under the lights and see what happens when there's competition in front of him from another team and, and all that. And now you get to simulate that for the next two weeks for guys like him and, and others that, that that operate the same way. It's going to be a, a fun couple of weeks for sure. I'll be heading out to Orange County for the uh, the Chargers practices. And, of course, the, the Texans practices are here in New Orleans. Uh, speaking of A.T. Perry, that was a uh, that was a dime that Jameis dropped. Yeah. Away. Uh, what, what about that that spot in, in, in the backup role to Carr? Oh, yeah. I, I think we've heard a lot of conversation about, hey, Jake Andrews performing really well throughout training camp, and maybe that's going to make Jameis Winston expendable. I, I don't see that being the case. And it's actually, that has nothing to do with Jake Hayner. Like, I, I think that Jake Hayner can have, can come out and have two fantastic, phenomenal preseason games. And Jameis Winston, if he's on your roster, is still your backup, right? Like, he's still the guy with the NFL experience, and you can't undervalue that at all. And not only is he a, not only is he a starter with NFL experience, He's a starter in your system, man. Like, yeah. he, he knows your offense. You know, he's played it. He's executed it. He's one with it. And so I think that those things kind of probably put him over the edge for me. Um, I always think it's fun to have, like, their, oh, the rookie quarterback's coming in and pushing. Like, Dennis Allen's all about, you know, competition and everything. And so there's value there for sure, 100%. Uh, but I still think very much that that quarterback two role belongs and deservedly so to Jameis Winston. And Jameis had some ups and downs yesterday, just like Jake Hayner did. Uh, you know, Jameis, I think, kind of went in reverse of Jake Hayner. Jake got a little bit better throughout. Jameis struggled a little bit more throughout as, you know, different offensive linemen came in and the offense was different around him and more pressure came. And we know that pressure is not really his game and things like that. Like, there's all those pieces to it for sure. Uh, but if you want to have a guy that's going to be your QB2, whether he plays or not, like even if he's just the guy on the sideline to help your starting quarterback out, if you can get a guy that's been in your system before and is looking at defenses the exact same way your, your starting quarterback is looking at defenses, that's invaluable. Uh, Locked on Saints podcast. It is daily New Orleans Saints content. You've got to work it back into your schedule now with the season taking place and training camp starting to wrap up and cuts starting to be made. Uh, Ross Jackson does an incredible job of covering the New Orleans Saints every single day. It's easy to find him. Uh, he's on social media at Ross Jackson, NOLA, Locked on Saints podcast. is easy to get wherever you get podcasts from. I'm subscribed on, uh, on Spotify, but you can find it anywhere. Uh, and they've got a YouTube channel that they go live on after the game like Ross was live on, Saturday, on, uh, on Sunday. It was great to, uh, great to see you. You look sharp in the suit, bro. Um, Thank you, man. Always. <laughs> uh, good, good, uh, good to see you as always, and uh, we'll uh, touch base soon. Safe travels. Back you, man. I got you, man. Appreciate you. Take care. Stay safe, and I'll talk to y'all soon. Y'all be safe. There he is, RJ Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints podcast, one of our favorites, a go-to there uh, if you're looking for daily Saints content. Remember, daily we are brought to you by Go Roof online at geauxroof.com. A beautiful roof every shingle time. You get two-year free workmanship guarantee when you uh, link up with our guys over at Go Roof. That is with all new roof installations. Uh, phone number is easy: two two five. 927-8300-225-927-8300. You can count on Go Roof for uh, roof repair, 
roof maintenance, roof installation. They've been doing it for over 15 years. Get in touch with them, whether it's residential roofing, whether it's commercial roofing, whether you need your repaired uh, roof on either of those, commercial or residential, uh, Go Roof can help you out today. It is online at geauxroofing.com. G-E-A-U-X roof.com, G-E-A-U-X roof.com, and you can request a free quote right there online. Once you get to the online site, you can request a quote. Somebody will be right in touch with you. You'll have somebody up on your roof today giving you a number, and that will all be free. That consultation and number uh, will be a free quote available, free and quick roof inspection. Like we said, they have uh, great experience in all of it, residential, commercial, uh, commercial, uh, all of the repairs. If you're looking uh, to sell a house if you are looking uh, to uh, just need a new roof. I mean, there's been some storms and hail that's been through South Louisiana over the last couple of weeks and months, and you want somebody to jump up on the roof and tell you whether or not you need a new one, uh, and you want an honest, trusted uh, someone within the roofing industry that's been there, licensed and insured, get in touch with GoRoof, G-E-A-U-X, roof.com, and you will get a beautiful roof every shingle time from our friends over at GoRoof. That's 225-927-8300, or you can request a quote online at G-E-A-U-X, roof.com. We'll be back. We'll hear from Matt House. Matt House was speaking to the media for the first time on Saturday. said a lot. Uh, really broke down his defense. Uh, we will hear from Coach House next here on the Jordy Collada Show. As always, uh, powered, built by R&B Builders. All right, welcome back here. Jordy Collada Show is always built by R&B Builders live here on this Monday. If you don't mind, hit that like button, share button, comment button. Hopefully everybody had a good weekend. Stewie, all good in uh, in your world? All good. All good over here. Any uh, any drama, any news this weekend? Not too much for me. <laughs> good. Good. Um, as for the move here, we're about a, uh, we're about a week away, uh, I would say. Uh, on going live at the new studio, I know Lloyd leaked the uh, leaked the art uh, on his social media, which uh, it's always your own. It's always in house. <laughs> we have to worry about first. Uh, Lloyd just put it out there. I got more text messages on. I love the art, man. I'm like, well, how did how did people see this? I mean, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't. Nobody put it out. I mean, I've only shared it with a couple of people. So finally, I'm like, well, where, you know, without without sounding like kind of like incompetent to people, I was like, well, bro, where'd you see this? Lloyd social media. I'm like, oh, perfect, great. Uh, Lloyd would have not made it long in the mafia. He would have been an early, early exit, like one of these guys. Like, yeah, we get, you see the guy with the weird haircut in the back. Like, let's whack him. Break his leg. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get rid of this guy. Put him in the trunk. Drop him in the river, for God's sake. Tell him put to some, sit in the front seat. <laughs> put some cement in his trash bag and then dump him in it. And then let's get the hell out of here. I mean, can't, can't, some things you just don't have to say. Hey, let's not put this out, right? I mean, wouldn't you think so? At the, I mean, at our relationship at this point, Stewie, I, I, I texted the group, you, Lloyd, and I, the picture of the art. Did you ever think twice about putting it on your on your social media? No. Not one not. time? No. Not one time you didn't did think not. about it. Not not one time. No. Did not. Within an hour of sending it to you, Lloyd had it on his on his story. 
I mean, just, it's always your own. Uh, speaking of, uh, of their own, Matt House was speaking about his defense on Saturday morning uh, and had a lot to say as House and the crew uh, have had uh, right around the midway point here of, of camp. So here was, uh, here was House. This is just number one, Stewie. This is him talking, uh, just kind of opening up uh, to the press conference uh, following Saturday morning's workout. You know, we're, we're uh, eight practices, I believe, into camp. Uh, we're growing, but by no no means are we ready for competition yet. Um, but we are. We're in the process. And um, I think guys need to continue to embrace the process all right, and grow every day and, and, and show our traits. With that, I'll take any questions. Uh, more from House. Here he is speaking about one of the big transfers in the offseason, his linebacker, Omar Spates. You know, I've been pleased with Omar. You definitely see a level of maturity. Um, I think the spring was big for him to fit into Coach Kelly's program and, uh, you know, our mission and, and how we go about doing things. And I think you're seeing him in training camp really embrace that. But you definitely see a veteran presence from him. Or, you know, we're, we're uh, eight practice, I believe. Um. Look, we said it last week. We did a little bit of a linebacker preview. Their linebackers on the front end are very talented. Extremely, extremely talented group. You may have the best player in the country in that in that position group in Harold Perkins. Uh, it's just a very thin group, right? I mean, you need Spates. You need Perkins. You need Greg Penn. You need guys, even, even like the Weeks brothers, to step up um, here because you just don't have the numbers and you don't have the depth uh, that you would like. You've got the high-end talent, though. If 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 Spates and, and Perkins and all these guys can can stay healthy, I mean, you're talking about some all-SEC, all-American caliber-type players uh, if, if they can make it through the season uh, at that level with, you know, catching a little bit of luck because they just don't have a lot of depth. Um, all right, what the emphasis is for Matt House on this season, uh, or at least what they're working on here in camp, uh, at this point, I'm, we, both of them, we got improved drastically. You know, that's two areas that have been a point of emphasis. Uh, you know, get off the field. I believe we were in in the seventies, which isn't good enough. Um, you know, last year, if you look at the number one number one team in the takeaway d- defense, it was Illinois, and they had two point four takeaways a game. They allowed twelve point seven points. So there's a, a direct correlation there. Uh, both are being emphasized like crazy. Uh, defensive backs got a lot of competition, including the cornerback, and it seems like a couple of names pop out every week. Here's Matt House's view of the uh, of the competition up to this point. Make that decision. Yeah, I think guys are still competing for roles at this point. Um, you know, you see good things out of them. What we're looking for is consistency. Uh, day in and day out, exhibiting our traits. Um and, and really being the guy that you can count on every snap. Um, you know, we've had guys that have flashed. You know, Deuce strung a couple practices together earlier this week. You know, I got to get in and watch the film. Ashton Stamps is growing up fast. Um, Zai has done some good things, you know. Um, we just got to continue to grow. 
We've talked about it a little bit about the comfort level in year two, whether it's for Jaden Daniels, the starting quarterback, Brian Kelly, the head coach, Mike Denbrock, the offensive play caller. Here's the same question to Matt House on his comfort level heading into another season in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I think comfort's kind of a relative term. You know, I, I don't think anybody ever wants to be comfortable, but what, what you do see is you you understand the expectations, right? We're not all trying to learn Coach Kelly's program and and really we we now know exactly what our traits are and what they look like okay exactly what our process is and what it looks like um now there's an expectation for those that return that we take that to the next level and make that decision yeah i think guys are how good is harold perkins yeah i think right now you're at the process where you're teaching them to play multiple positions, right? And then when you get into a specific game, you see what fits the scheme to stop that that team and what he does well. Um, really not just for Harold, but all our players. Where, when you, where you're looking and trying to define roles, you're trying to find things that they can be successful at. You know, what do they do well? What do they need work at? And what do you learn from them, you know, and, and try to put them in those positions. And that's really what the summer's all about. Ashton Stamps is a true freshman out of New Orleans that has made some waves here early on in fall camp. It seems like a true freshman is definitely going to be on the field. Here's defensive coordinator Matt House speaking out of the uh, speaking about the Rummel product. Yeah, I'll go ahead and tell you this: like you want to talk about as a staff. I mean, the guy came to camp three times to LSU to get a scholarship offer. I think that's all you need to tell about Ashton Stamps. Like, he wants to be here, he wants to be great, and he's not scared of competition. Um, And sometimes that's not always true right now, right? And he's a dude that embraces competition every day. Uh, Another position, or at least more on the defensive back, and somebody else who was in the competition is Zai Alexander. Alexander transferred over from Southeastern and is seemingly someone who is at the top of the depth chart right now. Here's the defensive coordinator, Matt House, speaking on Alexander and his capabilities. You the most. I think his length and, and how smart he is. Like, he, he, he is a smart player. Um, and, you know, that's a trait we value. You can tell he's a high school quarterback. Um, and his length. I mean, his length helps him on the edge. Andre Sam is another transfer that seemingly is going to have a chance to play in the defensive backfield. Sam is a safety that played at McNeese, and he also played at Marshall. He played for Frank Wilson over at McNeese, and Wilson was very instrumental in getting Sam back on uh, into South Louisiana. Here is uh, Matt House talking about how the 27-year-old can help out this defense. Yeah, really, really pleased to have Andre. Um, love his energy, love his veteran presence. I love his buy-in. You know, he's a guy that has embraced everything we do here. Um, It's been great to have him, and I think he's going to be an integral part of what we do. Scheme everything. Seven years or 27? He says, yeah, he's been here for seven years. He's been in college for seven years, so I don't know if he's 27. No, that's wrong. He might be like 24 or 25. I screwed that up. He's not 27. He's seven years. 
Yeah. It's probably 24, 25, 24. I mean, seven years. Yeah. You're 18 when you go into college? Yeah. I mean, about 24, 25. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that's very positive if you've got one that age in the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, all right, Stewie, this is uh, 17. This is um, Madhouse speaking about Deshaun Walmack, who is another true freshman who's going to have an opportunity to play on the defense. That we're, he's a guy that we're going to be able to move around some. Uh, <laughs> real quick answer. <laughs> they love Deshaun Walmack. Uh, 21 here, Stewie. This is Deuce Chestnut. Uh, and what type of camp Chestnut has had? Yeah, I think Deuce is a headsy player. Like, and and uh, what I have seen is he's got uh, a, a unique uh, skill set for baiting guys. Ten. Um, that's, that's the thing. You can tell Deuce has played football. Here's Matt House talking about Major Burns. Burns brings some versatility to this defense in which they're using him on different levels. Yeah, you know, Major's, Major's improved and – you know he's uh, he's a guy that his length and his speed give you give the options to do different things, and he's also a guy now where it's time to take his development to the next level where it's beyond just what's my job, but it's seeing the bigger picture uh, and understanding what offenses are trying to do, understanding how situational football plays a role, and then how you can take advantage of it. That was some from Matt House. Here's Matt House on 20. This is uh, 20 talking about uh, Greg Penn and the development of Penn at linebacker uh, going into another year for, for Greg. Progress. Yeah, I think the one thing that Greg, you can tell he's much more comfortable at what we do. Um, he's done a good job with his weight. Uh, Jake Flint, Dr. Frakes, they've done a great job with him. Um, he's leaner. He's moving better. And I think he's trusting himself more to pull the trigger. So that's Matt House, LSU defensive coordinator, speaking on some of the things that has jumped out here. Back to, uh, Tigers back on the practice field this morning at, uh, at 9.45. Stewie will be out there representing us and the crew. It was good to get out there uh, on Saturday and really see things up close and some of the competition battles and some of the, the guys that are new faces and some newcomers that are going to be expected to play here early on. Speaking of high praise and responsibility for a first-year player or somebody that's going to be a standout here early on in his career. Uh, did you see this second-year Dallas Cowboy, Damone Clark, being uh, from, the, uh, from the defensive standpoint, he played his first preseason game versus Jacksonville uh, on, uh, on Saturday. Um, and the uh, Cowboys uh, fell 28-23. Um, but... Damone Clark wearing the green dot for uh, the defensive responsibilities uh, for the Cowboys. If you uh, know what that means, that means that he, he's the one that's handling the communication uh, with, uh, with the defense. And obviously this is something um, that Damone Clark uh, is very, uh, very relaxed in doing. In fact, he told DallasCowboys.com after the game, it brought me back to my LSU days. Everybody's looking at you for the call. I was confident I got to take a look at the film, correct some things, but that's part of football. Uh, he went on to say, I'm used to doing that stuff. For me, it was nothing new. It was just me going out there and playing within the scheme, not just going out there and doing my own stuff, trusting the call, flying to the ball. That's something I know and have put on tape 
uh, all the time, running to the ball. So Damone Clark, uh, obviously somebody who we will always pull for, somebody who's always been uh, great to uh, great to uh, the city. He's from Baton Rouge, went to Southern Lab, was a standout at Southern Lab, and then went on to become the captain at LSU uh, and was really um, somebody that uh, played a, a huge role uh, in LSU, both on a national championship team and then a time – uh, where the program was really trying to find and 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 trying to find their way out of the weeds and find an identity, uh, you know, Damone Clark was somebody who was very positive uh, for LSU uh, and now getting his chance uh, with the Dallas Cowboys and being trusted with a huge responsibility uh, just from a communication standpoint, uh, defensively, uh, inside of the game and inside of the scheme and trusted by the coaches. Uh, Clark here very early on, you're seeing. Uh, already getting that that praise and that trust uh, from the staff over there in Dallas. So congratulations to the Baton Rouge native and former LSU standout in Clark. Uh, not surprising, really. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's just not when you think about uh, just the, the, the type of human being that he is. Uh, this seems like something that makes a lot of sense for him. So um, congratulations <clears throat> to Damone, and hopefully <clears throat> he will uh, he'll, he'll have a – uh, a, a roster spot uh, on Dallas, but uh, that, that looks like that's going to go a long way. Uh, one thing that I did want to point out uh, that, that I did take away from, from practice on Saturday that I may not have mentioned early on, I know we talked a lot about it, but um, was Sage Ryan, to me, is somebody I, I am looking at. Uh, you know, I know that I've been talking about Savion Jones for a long time, and it feels like we've been talking about Sage Ryan uh, for longer um, but when you look at the versatility of Sage here uh, in camp, I, I think and wouldn't be surprised if Sage Ryan took some first-team reps at cornerback. And people might think that's crazy. People might think that that's a, a wild notion. But I, I, I think that that's not outside of, of realm of possibility to look at the potential – of getting the best five players on the field from a defensive back standpoint where Sage Ryan might fit in. I think that there's one thing that 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 is debatable within the top five defensive backs on the team is just not if Sage Ryan is within that group. It's just where is where does he fit in within that group? And it may be at cornerback. And there's going to be packages where he's going to be playing on the outside. And it's because of his athleticism. It's because of his versatility. It's what we've talked about, you know, really since day one from him. I mean, when he came out of Lafayette Christian, he did everything for that program. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. When you have a player like that, you got to take full advantage of it. And Trev Falk and the crew did. I mean, he played offense. He played defense. He, he was a specialist. He was a, you know, I mean, he just did, he, he drove the bus and made the hot dogs. He did everything. And sometimes players like that, when you put them into a, you know, you, you put them into a, a high-end program somewhere like LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, some of these, these programs that are year in, year out pumping out players, you know, it's tough to find a specific spot for somebody like that that's come in. Jacoby Stevens was a lot like that. You know, Stevens, early on in his career, you played him at wideout. You played him at corner. You played him at say, You put him at linebacker. You, I mean, you, you, you put him everywhere before you just said, like, finally, you just got you to get him on the field. Like, whatever it is, 
find a spot for him and get him out there. Sage Ryan is at that point in his career where it's like, okay, look, man, he's made the transition from high school to college. Was it a little longer than people maybe expected or even wanted? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Probably him more than anybody. But now it seems like it's here. Like it now it seems like he's, the game is slowed down to him. When you go out there and watch him play, that would be the best description I could get just to give you know, a listener to say, well, how far along is he? It just looks like he sees everything. It looks like he's playing at a pace and at a speed where he's not freaking out and he looks very comfortable. And for an athlete, that's usually where you start to make plays. I mean, if you can see it like that, where it's, you know, I mean, it's just all kind of happening for you and you're just kind of reacting. Well, you're in a good spot. And that's where Sage feels like he is now finally. And, you know, like I said, I mean, has the transition been as timely as everybody wanted? Probably not. More than him. I mean, you know, more him than anybody else. But now, where it seemingly has slowed down for him, there's no doubt he's one of the top five corner, top five defensive backs on this team. Where does he fit in? As versatile, as athletic, as, you know, physically right he is, where is it? I wouldn't be surprised if it's corner. Just watch out. I'm telling you. It, it may not be permanent. It may not be where where you have him for the entire time, but... I think that there will be looks and there will be packages that have him on the edge. So, after seeing practice and talking to people on Saturday morning, and they I, know they got to play him. Yeah, and I think people in the chat are kind of getting confused with thinking that you're saying Sage Ryan is going to play corner like exclusively. He is not playing corner exclusively. He is most likely going to be the starting nickel. But what we're saying is is that Sage Ryan, there will be some looks where you will see Sage Ryan at outside corner. You might be confused, but he is one of the better players on the defense, so he has to play. Just watching him on Saturday and talking to people that were there around the program and connected to the program, I mean, it feels like they know they have to play him at DB. I mean, obviously, that's a very obvious statement that that, that he's – He's one of their their guys that they have to play just because he makes them their best. Where does he fit in? In some packages, he may fit in better as a corner. And I think that you could see him in some situations play outside. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was early uh, until they had some things figured out, right? I mean, the Denver-Harris thing, he needs to catch up, right? I mean, I know that we've talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks, but you know, I mean, it's it, it, it's 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 for Harris to grab, right? I mean, nobody wants Denver Harris to step up and play more than LSU does. They need that, rather than you know going through you know working guys out there that may not be comfortable, or you know using guys that are in first time situations, or you know using scenarios that you know have have not a lot of experience behind it. But you know, I mean, until he really kind of shows he can get it you know they're gonna have to try and find the guys that that can can play and fit that role um 
We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, good stuff today. I uh, appreciate everybody being here. Make sure to hit that like button, that share button, that comment button. If you have not subscribed, please hit the subscription button uh, before we get out of here. Uh, remember, our friends over at Oshner Andrews Sports Medicine Institute uh, can help you out whether you're a pediatric patient or a high school athlete. It doesn't matter if you're a member of the Saints or Pelicans. If you're just a weekend warrior, even a senior citizen, all of us turn to Oshner Andrews Sports Medicine Institute for Care. They've been serving Louisiana, Mississippi, and beyond, and they're ready to help you get past whatever sports injury you uh, you face. Online, it is at oshner.org backslash sports-medicine, oshner.org backslash sports-medicine uh, to get in touch with our friends over at Oshner Andrews Sports Medicine Institute. And remember, high school football is cranking up, and Oshner is reminding you every Saturday morning uh, beginning August 26th, uh, they will have their injury clinic opened over at the Grove location uh, located just off of Blue Bonnet, and that'll be August 26th through November 4th, 8 o'clock in the morning until 1030, and that will be uh, serving all of your injuries. So if you're injured, you can just walk in. That's over at the Grove over there at Oshner Andrews Sports Medicine Institute, uh, and we'll be giving you a phone number throughout the year uh, that is a 24-hour uh, hotline that if you have any injuries uh, in and around high school competition, Oshner's, uh, Oshner Andrews Sports Medicine Institute will see you. Uh, so you can all check this out online at oshner.org uh, slash sports medicine uh, if you're looking for it. Uh, good stuff today. I uh, appreciate uh, Ross Jackson for stopping by. Saints looked really good yesterday to start the preseason, but you always want to keep uh, in mind that it is preseason. I saw where the Baltimore Ravens are like celebrating yeah, uh, like like twenty four straight twenty. I think it like, might be like twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven straight preseason Pre wins. Which yeah. I mean, I get, but it's cool. What do you get? I mean, I, I guess mean, you got a just a social media post and a decent roster. You can say you got a a deep roster. That's right. It. Um, so hit that like button, share button, comment button, subscribe if you have not subscribed. Uh, we appreciate you being here to start your Monday. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, we will have Jimmy Burrow on. Uh, we will be talking to the coach, obviously, about the golden boy and where Joey is uh, heading in after an injury. Started to move around this weekend. I saw some reports that he might play week one. Oh, he's no doubt he's playing week one. He's playing week one. There's no, it's, which week one? Over a month away, September 10th? Mm -hmm. He's playing. He's playing. Um, we will talk to Coach Burrow tomorrow. There's a benefit coming up uh, for Burrow's foundation uh, that we'll be getting you some information on tomorrow as well. Uh, so make sure and follow us on social media, at Colada Show. We'll be back with you 7 a.m. tomorrow. And as always, we're built by RMB Builders. Money through Friday from 7 to 9. Yeah, you see the notification. We about to go live. We got all your favorite guests. We got them in line. It's the Jordan Collider Show. Come have a good time. It's the hottest show around. We ain't got a flex. Call up G, we get it done. We earning our respect. Tell recruits to let us in. Where they going next? Throw up the L's, now we lit. Band playing next.